to Lord. Uh, you're getting old. You 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 uh you lose hair, and uh, not only hair but other things, such as teeth. <laughs> but for some reason, I have my real teeth, my original teeth, and uh, well, you don't want to know about teeth right now. Talking about prophetic. Prophetic is a very dirty word in America. There's more ignorance in this area than any other area of scriptures. You know, uh, if you go to a church where you still fill in the blankets, you really <laughs> never heard of the word prophetic, <laughs> but it's very important. It is important because it is the 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 manner of evangelism that saves, convicts people. In other words, if you understand prophetic, you'll be able to share with others the, what they need the most. So, here's, here's a statement. I've been an evangelist full-time for a period of 55 years. So, I'm a professional uh, evangelist. I make a living and I do this for, not for a living, but I do this to serve the Lord. But I, I never charged anyone. I don't, uh, 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 I simply just do what God tells me to do. I have lived and worked in the prophetic all my life and didn't know what was it. So if you don't know what it is, don't feel bad. It's, it, it goes with the territory. And, uh, and so uh, I explain to you. What I mean by, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it begins with the introduction of Jesus, uh, the deity of Christ. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it keeps on going. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by Him. And of course, then the incarnation, in John the Baptist, in the testimony of John the Baptist, and, of course, a wonderful testimony, the first disciples. And then, of course, the meeting of Philip to a man called Nathaniel, which became an apostle. And as Jesus relates to Nathaniel, something happened. Jesus said something. Now, what he said is prophetic. So, to identify what prophetic means, let's take a look. It's John, 5, John, John 1, 51. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Of course, you know, he's referring to Genesis 28 as, as, uh, as Jacob got tired of the journey. After uh, uh, running from Saul, he lay his hand on his head on a rock, and, uh, and as he rests, he had a dream. And he saw angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Of course, the Son of Man is Jesus. Of course, you're talking about Jacob. You're talking about the Old, the old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Testament. And so, that is prophetic. It is, it is prophetic. Now, how do you then uh, understand more of that? First, let's identify the prophetic, how 
it happens, okay? All right. Let me do something here real quick. I have to put a back. Working now? Sounds better? That's good. Okay, good. Let's, let's go on with it. Romans 4.17 gives us an idea on how to ID. Because the first thing, you need to recognize what it is. For instance, Jesus died on the cross for us. You need to recognize what he did. Why did he die? So when we deal with the prophetic, we need to identify it. What is it? Okay, that's prophetic. It's when Jesus said, you will see its future. You will see angels, okay, right? You shall see heaven open. Of course, you know, Nathaniel was shocked. This must have made his day, you know, because not only Jesus told him that Jesus saw him under the fig tree, and he believed that, you're talking about a man by the way, Jesus referred to Nathaniel, saying, you are a Israelite in whom there is no guile, no deceit. I mean, you're the real thing, Nathaniel. It impressed Nathaniel. And so Nathaniel looks at Jesus and says, oh, my God. And Jesus said what he just said on verse 51. You shall see angels sinning upon the Son of Man. If you believe just that, you're going to see a lot. You know, Nathaniel, you hang around me because in the next three and a half years, you're going to see a lot. Okay. Now, so Romans 4.17. Take a look. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him who you believe, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Okay. A God that called things that be not as though they were. A God that calls things. And so the first I idea here of identifying the prophetic is that it comes from God. It is a revelation. It's not you have a, a little, a little uh, you know, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a, a story about a church in Louisiana where a squirrel came in during the playing of the organ and the hymns. And he got on the, on the lady's dress, and, uh, and she went crazy. He just went crazy. Uh, uh, the prophetic is not something weird and odd and out of order and out of balance. Okay? It's a, it's a, it's a move of God, organized, predated of God, revealing to you something about something else, someone else. It is for the benefit of others, and it's a revelation from God. you got to get that straight. It's not man, okay? And I told you yesterday that uh, the Old Testament talked about telling the future. Now, the New Testament is foretelling. So he just foretold here. Uh, Nathaniel, you shall see heaven open. Did you get that? Okay, now, how to ID the prophetic? The number two, speaks of a blessing to someone. Uh, you shall see heaven open. In the end of the sentence, it's a blessing. 
So how to identify the prophetic? It's a blessing. Meaning, meaning it's not a curse. It's not something down. It's not putting you down. It's not ugly. It's not fearful. It's not out of order. It's not out of balance. It's a blessing. All right? Now, number three is Second Peter 1, 20 and 21. It's a message inspired by God. The message that one receives from the Lord is inspired by the Holy Spirit. What it says, John, Second Peter 1. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes. In other words, men of God who works for the Lord, who serves the Lord a long time, uh, uh, God uses them. I told you several instances in my life where it, it, it happened. And it continues to happen. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear it. It, it. it doesn't ask me permission. It doesn't ask me, can we do this now? It, it, it just, boom, boom, done. After it's done, I saw it, I said it, and I'm not scared of it. I'm not uh, worried about it, uh, but I can tell you, if I eat a lot of fish the night before, I might have all kinds of dreams, uh, especially steaks. If I eat a couple of steaks, the next, the, that night I will have dreams, nothing to do with eating and then having dreams. No, no, it's not, it's not... In other words, it is applicable to a need of someone. It is from the Lord, and it is on time, and it doesn't ask your permission. It just comes out. Now, let me say this to you. That's my experience. You might say, well, uh, Rick, uh, it, with me is different. I agree. I, I'm not saying that mine is right <laughs> and yours is wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying that with me... This has happened in my life a lot. You know, I spoke to a lady in North Carolina, and I said to her, God is going to save your sons. He's going to bless your life, and your children is not no concern of you, for the Lord has them in priority, and they will be healed and set free. And a year later, bam, worship service came in. The boys went to the altar, never been the same. Well, that happens a lot. Okay? Oh, all right. So prophets spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Spoke from God. Spoke from God. All right. Now, uh, let's, let's continue to move. Am I doing okay here? All right. Uh, am I? You all getting the hold of this? Does it make sense? Huh? Okay, good. Now. There are several ways to identify it. I've been telling you that to ID, uh, the first thing I said is, is God calls things that be not, so God does it. Second, it's a blessing. And third, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Prophets spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's God speaking through a man or woman inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, word of advice. A lot of people, when it comes to this level of ministry, belittle 
ridicule, harass, bad mouth, put it down. And let me say to you, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. You know, I have a son in Macon, Georgia, who plays the guitar. He never played the guitar before with so much strength. But after Jesus Christ touched him in Brazil and healed him, he can't stop singing. Don't put that down. Watch it. You see, I come from a family of priests. Meaning what? My father's brothers and sisters all were priests, evangelists, missionaries, pastors. My mother's side, all the same, people saved by grace. My mother comes from a family of 19 children. She's the last one to go. And she you went then about three years ago. So I come from a priestly family. In a priestly family, things happen differently than a family who has no priests in it. So when you deal with priestly families, there's going to be a lot of prophetic. God is going to move faster with a prophetic family. With my children, all of them under conviction. So how does it happen then? How, 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 give me a, uh, let's, let's work on how to identify, because that's one of the problems. Today is a day, how to identify the prophetic. Writing. How about Exodus thirty-one eighteen? And, and when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written by the finger of God. So the prophetic can be identified by writing. He wrote with the finger, written with the fingers of God. So writing, God can identify and communicate prophetic through writing. Okay, In the Bible, it's all over. Second, oral communication through angels. Read Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Okay. Now, would you, would you read again, but I want you to stop as you go, and I'll stop you. Go ahead. Now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the okay, right priest. There. And then what? The priest of Midian. Oh, oh yeah, so he was a priest. Oh, that's interesting. Right? So what's his name? Jethro. And who he was, the priest of what? Midian. Of what? Midian. Midian. The Midianite, the Midianite, the desert. So what I'm saying to you is that it's happening to a priestly family. <clears throat> right. And then what? And he, Moses, led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Okay. Now, where is the word, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him? Second verse. Go ahead. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Okay. So, so, so again, Moses, after 40 years living in the desert, found the priest of the desert, the Midianite. And he took the flock to the back end of the desert where there was nothing there in a bush. Remind me of the picture that we're sending out to people announcing Rekindle the Flame this year. It's a desert with a tree on it. It's like it doesn't fit. And the bush began to burn. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Him who? Moses. Moses. And so oral communication. God can speak through angels to you. Or through somebody else. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. I've, uh, I was at uh, Rice University about 40 years ago. And uh, the night before, two nights before, I was in Athens and God visited my life with the Holy Spirit. It was a convicting moment. It was uh, a blessing moment. And I'll never forget that. So I was sort of uh, awed and feeling kind of a... Uh, 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 visited, and uh, I went to the Rice University, small auditorium with a band of three people from Nashville, and I would perform my guitar and do tricks on the guitar and, uh, and try to get $400 for the gig and pay the boys and make $100 and head home. I did gigs, musicians traveling. And as I got to the stage, I began to uh, decided to break the program. We had a program, 20 minutes of bossa nova, 20 minutes of folk songs, 20 minutes of dancing songs, and then solos and guitar and, and all that. Well, I decided to sing How Great Thou Art. Now, I remember that I said, give me a G. I said, Rick, we need this gig. We got to have the money. Come on, don't mess it up. I said, okay, I won't mess it up. And what I did was I began to sing. Oh, Lord, my God. Mm, that voice duplicated. It was small, but now it's just a voiceless. And it went all over the auditorium. What happened next? <laughs> they began to throw oranges, bananas, books, chairs all over me. I mean, it, it was the response from the young people that were there, and they were part of the Nemo Convention of the Methodist Church, liberal young people, and it was awesome. I mean, they, hey, the, the, the manager of that, uh, of, that, uh, of that stage manager came, you can't stay here, son, you can't do it. Come on, they don't like you. Come on, get out. So I went out, and I was just in shock. As I closed the door behind me of this auditorium, I saw the sign, Holiday Inn. You know the Holiday Inn old sign in green? I saw that sign. And a man standing, and he said to me, be not afraid. For God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Your father has been praying for you for many years. And the future of your life now depends on him. He will guide you and provide and bless your life. Well, uh, that was an angel. 
I thought was Bishop Yako, a Methodist bishop, speaker in that conference. It wasn't. It was somebody else. I never met that man before. That was an angel telling me that I would have a ministry. So when I got home, I had 40, 40 yellow pieces of paper that were telegrams canceling all my gigs for the next six months. Cancel. For some reason, what happened in, 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 uh, in Houston, Texas, re- ricocheted all over the country, and all our gigs are so, Lindsay, we've been canceled everywhere. And the Lord canceled. It wasn't anybody. The Lord canceled everything. It means you now belong to me. You're going to be an evangelist, and I'll provide for you. Now, oral communication. Very important because, see, a lot of you have had experiences with someone telling you something and you think that somehow is Mr. Roberts from the grocery store. It's an angel. God is trying to break through you and try to minister to you and you, have not, you haven't heard yet. You just keep on confusing. You just don't believe those things. And God is trying to break through your thick head. Watch it now. Watch it now. Listen to me. So, God communicates through angels. Daniel 7.10 says, in the presence of God, there are myriads upon myriads. What do you mean myriads? A hundred million angels at his disposal at any time. In the presence of God, there are right now a hundred million angels. China, Korea. Go to China. There's a little girl down there praying right now. Go there and tell her. I have plans for her life. Bang, bang, bang. God is just calling the shots. Amen? Now, how does God do? He does about a million in one second, and two millions in two seconds. Now, so say with me, oral communication. Okay. Now, let's go to another one in uh, uh, Revelations 1, 10 through 17. And it has to do with visions and dreams. Visions. Okay, go ahead. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Theatria can't remember that one. Thyatira, thank you. And unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were like white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his hand, his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. Yes. Now, this is the testimony of a man called John. Not John the Baptist. It was John, the Apostle John. 
You know, Peter and John and James were the inner circle. That's John, the one that wrote the book that we're studying right here. He wrote this book, the book of John. It says here, it says, the gospel according to John. He had a vision. Now, I don't want to continue because, you see, there's, there's a lot in here. But let me pray for you now. For We have five minutes. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, this morning that you bless my brother and my sister, that you remove unbelief from them, that you remove criticism of the things of God from them, that you remove voices of negative, ridiculing, harassing, and put down, putting down the people of God. Lord, I pray that they will be able to understand that God has a purpose for their lives, that God has a plan for their lives, that God wants to bless them abundantly, but they are afraid and bitter against the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I pray that you convict them this morning not to belittle the Holy Spirit of God, for it is not wise. I pray, God, that uh, everyone that is listening to me right now will understand that God has people that serve him and, 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 and minister in his name throughout the world. God, tell them that uh, you don't have to have a big church to be a man of God, a woman of God. You, you only need to be called of God to be a man of God, a woman of God. And, Lord, I pray that they'll be able to understand that God has many ministries. God has many people throughout the world. God has many organizations. God has many men and women, even children that are disciples of Christ and have ministry of prayer. They'll be able to understand, God, that the kingdom of God on earth is bigger than your little church or your big church and the only church. God, show them to have respect for the prophetic of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. See you tomorrow.